Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm surprised you're even here, white boy Malcolm X. I am. I am totally surprised that you're here. And the only reason I say that is because I saw this on Boston.com. Mac Jones reportedly has severe high ankle sprain, and it's hard to imagine he will play against Packers. The second-year quarterback limped off the field during Sunday's loss. And I saw a clip of that. Him limping off the field. And I was like, ouch. That looked like it hurt. But I figured you'd have put on some skimpy nurse outfit, sashayed your gay ass over to Mac Jones's crib, try to nurse his gingerness back to good. I know you at least thought about it. And if anything stopped you, it was either a restraining order preventing you from getting anywhere near him. It was either that or your Ronald McDonald blow-up doll. That went into a jealous fit, threatened not to put out anymore, and you didn't want to risk no ginger sex at all. That's my theory anyway. One of those two things. And what? What do you have to say? What snarky thing do you have to say? Like I'd say no. So if I came home one day and Mac Jones, he was there in my bed, would I throw him out? Is that what you're asking? I'd probably toss his ass to the curb. I would. Yes, I would. First off, like I want to have to deal with you being butthurt If I made sweet, sweet love to Mac Jones. But second, now he's a cute kid, a cute young man. But what is he? Like 24, 25, something like that. Too young for me. Way too young for me. I'm old enough to be his dad. Not his daddy. Calm down out there, you queens. But I'm old enough to be his father. And besides, he's got that tween boy face. Like he's still waiting for a whisker to grow in. Oh, I want to shave so badly. Yes, of course you do, Mac. You know who should sleep with Mac Jones? If I don't want to, and you can't, you know who should bed Mac Jones? One of these horny high school teachers who like to bang underage teenage boys. 
He kind of looks like a high school boy anyway with that baby face. But he's over the age of 18, so no jail time. And he's in his 20s, so he's probably like the Energizer Bunny anyway. He could bang half the horny high school teachers in Massachusetts in a weekend or two. Almost like a public service. I was wrong, white boy Malcolm X. Yes. Yes, I was wrong. Well, allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, wrong about a story we did last week. And that was from Bounding in the Comics. The Flash star, Ezra Miller, reportedly under delusion, they are Jesus, believes own marriage to a Native American spider goddess is supposed to bring about the apocalypse. And before I dig into this, me maybe possibly being wrong, can you imagine being Jesus, the Son of God? He's probably in heaven. What the hell? Satan, of course, is like, uh, no, uh-uh, leave me out of this. But Jesus, he's probably like, why am I being dragged into this? Have I not suffered enough? I got nailed to a cross. Literally nailed to a cross. Not pretend hanging out on a cross like David Hogg likes to do. Why is my good name being dragged through the mud by some deranged heterosexual with a personality disorder and super special pain-in-the-ass pronouns, for Christ's sake. Well, he wouldn't say that. But for Christmas' sake, I suffered enough. Poor Jesus. So to kick this off, now we put up some audio clips of the podcast. We do that on YouTube, Rumble, Facebook. And so... Someone on YouTube made a comment about the Ezra Miller clip. Oh, before we get to that, though. Someone else on YouTube, same clip, same Ezra Miller clip, said that they thought Ezra Miller was bisexual. I assume it's because I call him a heterosexual with a personality disorder. But they're claiming he's bisexual. No way in hell is he bisexual. First off, what is a bisexual? In my opinion, a bisexual is really gay. They're just easing into it a bit. And no gay man would ever, 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 allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, try to groom an underage girl. Not happening. Ever. Second, even if it was true, he was bisexual, which it's not, he's still a part-time gay. And like I just said, no gay man, part-time gay, or full-time gay, would ever try to do that. 
even if the straight part thought about it, was thinking, hmm, I really kind of like the idea of grooming me an underage girl. The queen in him, the other half, that queen would be like, no, sister girlfriend, we're not going there. Full stop. But back to the correction, Ezra Miller, I said last week in commenting on this story that Ezra, he was in some sort of clinic. He had checked himself or had been checked into a clinic to get himself some help. He's actually not in a clinic. No idea how that got stuck in my mind like that, but he is getting help which is good. In my defense, though, if that story from Bounding into Comics is true, if he really does think he's Jesus, and again, poor Jesus, getting dragged into this dumpster fire, but if he thinks he's Jesus, the son of God, and he thinks that a marriage to a Native American spider princess is going to bring about the apocalypse. In my defense, he really should be institutionalized. His ass should be locked up if that's where his head's at. And the poor therapist. Can you imagine being Ezra Miller's therapist? Being Ezra Miller's psychologist or psychiatrist or licensed social worker? depending on how many Benjamins he wants to spend on therapy. Just on the pronouns alone, his super special pain-in-the-ass pronouns, his poor therapist probably has to seek their own psychologist or psychiatrist or licensed social worker. And on top of those super special pain-in-the-ass pronouns, his poor therapist also has to deal with him, them, thinking he's Jesus, thinking he's the son of God, has to deal with his marriage to a Native American spider goddess and those nuptials bringing about the apocalypse. Can you see that, white boy Malcolm X? Oh, thank you for seeing me, doctor. I just want to start by telling you that I'm Jesus. You're the son of God. Oh, yes, I'm Jesus. And guess what? What? I'm getting married. You are? To who? Oh, just a Native American spider goddess. You are? Well, yes, but that's not the bad news. What could be worse than marrying a Native American spider goddess? Well... When we get married, it's going to bring about the apocalypse. Doctor, why are you getting up? Where are you going? Uh, I need to go speak to my therapist. I hope they're charging him double for that. Whatever, whatever poor, beleaguered therapist has to deal with all that crazy. But there, correction done. And we're just going to go ahead and jump into it, folks. I completely forgot. Don't ask me how. Probably repressed this thing on purpose. 
but I completely forgot that we've got White Boy Malcolm X's birthday extravaganza this weekend. And we're lucky, White Boy Malcolm X. We're lucky we didn't follow through on a redo of last year's birthday extravaganza. Another trip to Key West and Miami Beach. We'd be screwed right about now with that hurricane coming in. And I know I give you folks in Florida a lot of grief. Most of it well-deserved. But you're a lovable bunch. So be safe the next couple of days. If they tell you to get out, get the hell out. So our first story, folks, is from PJ Media. Insanity on stilts. Now short guys are becoming trans tall. And what this is about, and if this doesn't creep you out, nothing will. But short people, they're getting their legs broken, having some device, I guess, put into their legs. And this device holds the broken pieces apart for months so that the bone grows longer. I guess I have height privilege. I'm 6'3". White boy Malcolm X over there. You're what? 6'1"? Man, got that dead on. Yeah, so we're both above six feet. So we have height privilege. So I probably shouldn't say anything. But if you're that insecure about your height... You need to have your legs broken, the bones stretched apart for months so that you can grow a couple inches taller. You're as nutty as Britney Spears. You're as nutty as Ezra Miller. Different kind of crazy, but you're still there. I wonder though, white boy Malcolm X, I wonder if pocket queen Pete and Justin Buttigieg, that low-ranked queen from Michigan. I wonder if they'll do it. And we'll know, folks. We'll definitely know if they do. Because we may not know pocket queen Pete's height. That queen has everything locked down. Nobody can get her height. But we do know, and there's photographic proof on this, Hockey Queen Pete and Queen Kamala, those two standing on a tarmac, basically the same height. You put a board on both their heads, that board is pretty flat. And Queen Kamala, she's five foot three. So Pocket Queen Pete, he's about five three. I'll be nice, five four. But if they do this, It could turn into a whole other documentary. We had Mayor Pete, that train wreck. Now we can have a sequel. Pocket Queen Pete becoming Tall Peter. Well, tall for him. So still like 5'6", maybe 5'7". And of course, Justin Buttigieg, that low-ranked queen from Michigan. He'll have to have it done too. That queen is not going to let Pocket Queen Pete 
get one inch on him. But they can have him running around like they did in Mayor Pete. Peter, Peter, like the bitchy queen he is. But that could be the whole thing. Trying to get taller than Queen Kamala. But we all know what Queen Kamala is going to do. She's going to get herself some really high heels. Stand over him anyway. So Pocket Queen Pete and Justin Buttigieg, that low-ranked queen from Michigan, they're going to go through all that for nothing. From Queerty, those girls over at Queerty, Queerest Folk Stars react to show being canceled after one season. So the latest reboot of Queerest Folk, which was on Peacock, otherwise known as Gay NBC, couldn't even make it past one season. And that's the second reboot of that show. Almost the Demi Lovato of television shows. She's had three reboots. She's back to where she started. But Queer as Folk just made it to two. Yeah, there was the... Well, the first one was a UK show. That was from 1999 to 2000. That had Charlie Hunnam in it. Now that's a man. He is definitely all man. Nowadays, anyway. Back then, what, 20-something years ago? He was just some Twinkie. A gay-for-pay Twinkie. Then they had the first reboot, the U.S. version. That was done by Showtime. And we were living in San Francisco back then. Back when that thing kicked off in 2000. And I remember watching it. Well, the first couple of episodes. And it was basically unwatchable. I tried, folks. But that damn thing, unwatchable. I even tried a couple years into it. Hopped in to watch another episode. I was like, nope. Still unwatchable. And now they had this one. One season, done. Maybe, though, they could do a third reboot. Especially with the word queer in there. That word being as bastardized as it has. Instead of a bunch of horny queens, though. Horny, slutty queens, though. And you queens know who you are. Own your whoredom. Don't bitch about it. But instead of a bunch of queens, they could do like a transgender man. He tries to be a horny queen, but he can't get laid because he doesn't have any man meat. And everyone knows in today's woke America, a gay man who won't sleep with another man because that man has a hoo-hoo They're transphobic. So you could have a whole storyline about that. Transgender man running around screaming about transphobia because every queen he meets wants man meat, not a hoo-hoo. You could have a a high-maintenance 
non-binary character. They could walk around, oh, my pronouns are Zizirza. They could do a whole storyline on on non-binary phobics judging this poor character because of the super special pain in the ass pronouns. Nobody respects my pronouns. Something like that. And as a final character, you might as well just have a, a bisexual. They could get, I got this one, folks. They could get Ronan Rubenstein, our favorite bisexual, here on the Miller Frost podcast. They could get Ronan. He could go out or his character could go out, get plowed by half the guys in LA, but they still don't respect him because he claims he's a bisexual. All the queens who are banging him, they're all like, oh, Jesus Christmas. Come out of the closet already, you big power bottom. But Ronan, I mean his character, they could be like, why can't anyone respect me for being a bisexual? So that could be its own storyline as well. No respect for bisexuals. I don't know. Maybe that'll work better for him. Get rid of all the trashy, hoary queens. Put in a transgender, a non-binary with super special pain in the ass pronouns and a raging power bottom bisexual. Maybe that will work better for him. From page six, Ellen DeGeneres protege, Grace and Chance, Rip's manipulative comedian. So I guess they're not quite done kicking Ellen DeGeneres, kicking her when she's down and out. I guess they're not done, are they? White Boy Malcolm X, do you know who this queen is? Grace and Chance. No idea. Me either. I had to look that queen up. His picture was in the article, but I didn't recognize him, so I had to look him up. He's some 25-year-old gaby from Oklahoma. I guess he had a, a viral video of him performing. Get this, white boy Malcolm X. Lady Gaga's paparazzi. Like, that doesn't scream queen. But him doing that in front of his schoolmates at 12 years old, so he was a little FQA, but that little viral video landed him on Ellen DeGeneres' show. And that was way back in 2010. So she helped him get his career off the ground. Can't say it was much of a career. But it didn't last. Gee, I'm shocked. And he and Ellen, they had some sort of falling out. I guess she was a a mean girl to him too. And so now, now that he's got a new album coming out and wants to earn himself some Benjamins, he thought he returned the favor. I'll show you what it's like to be a mean girl, Ellen. And so we just got done trashing her in Rolling Stone. On the plus side for Ellen, no one bothers to read 
Rolling Stone anymore. And the Gen Z kids out there, they're probably like, rolling what? Why would a stone roll? What sort of ecological damage does that cause? So like 10 people will read that article and that includes Grayson, his mother, and his little gay posse. And this queen, he's aging out of twink status, not too far behind that spoiled little cat boy, that pocket queen in a Speedo, Tom Daly, when it comes to that. So the queens are probably already losing interest in him. Oh, he's too old to look at anymore. No queen is going to waste good cocktail money buying his album. So who's left to buy it? No one. Other than him, his mother, his little gay posse. Even Harry Styles, Harry Peekaboo Styles, Peekaboo, Peekaboo. Even he is smart enough with his hearty game of closet Peekaboo to string along his tween girl fans. So he's got the queens and the tween girls to prop him up, keep his fan base up, to keep earning those Benjamins. This one, Grayson who? Exactly. Speaking of white privilege though, how's this from Good Housekeeping? Yes, Good housekeeping, what white privilege really means and how to work on it. If you are white, you might be surprised that your normal way of life is a privilege that black people don't get to enjoy. Really? And this was written by Liz Schumer. She's fancy Liz though, L-I-Z-Z. She just can't be regular old Liz, L-I-Z. And so I looked her up. Not too many Liz, double Z, Schumers out there. And what do you think I found, folks? Another self-loathing, hysterical, millennial white chick. Like, we don't have enough of them already. What is it with hysterical white liberals and their white guilt? This is what happens when you have deranged, self-loathing white professors trying to assuage their white guilt and virtue signal to the BIPOC folk that they're down for the struggle. Now, we have a whole generation of white kids who can't stand their whiteness. Now we have a a whole cottage industry of self-loathing D-list journalists writing garbage like this and in good housekeeping too. You know, folks, good housekeeping with stories like how to declutter your kitchen in 10 easy steps, how to rearrange your living room using the Marie Kondo method, how white people are evil and should all burn in hell. In other words, just to sum up this article, you suck for being white, and you suck for your white supremacy, 
your white power, your white privilege, your white fragility, white this, white that, blah, 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 blah. You're evil for propping up all this systemic racism. But I'm a good white because I trash other whites. So yes, white savior complex, yet again, to the rescue. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. From page six. Bryce Dallas Howard was pressured to lose weight for Jurassic World movies. When did Bryce Dallas Howard become Meghan Markle? It's all about her. First, we had her complaining about her salary. She made less than Pratt, a couple million less than he did. Like anyone, anywhere, went to see Jurassic World because Bryce Dallas Howard was in it. No. Hell no. Now, she's complaining about her weight. They made her lose weight. No, duh. First off, nobody wants to see fat people waddling around the screen. If you say you do, you're lying. You ain't fooling anyone. Oh, I just think that's so discriminatory. Not wanting fat people up on the screen. You're lying. Or, now that I think about it, you're 400 pounds. You don't want anyone judging you. Seriously. If Pratt, if he showed up on set, he was looking less Prattish. He showed up looking like Fat Thor waddling around the set, his ass would be in trouble too. Pratt, nobody wants to see your lard ass. They want to see guns and buns of steel. Get your ass back to the gym. We ain't paying for all that fat. Don't come back here until we have hunky Pratt. Second of all, how believable is it If you're watching a movie about people running away from dinosaurs, how believable is it that a really fat person can outrun a dinosaur? I don't care who it is. Dinosaur sees a big fat ass trying to outrun them. They're going to be like, yummy, that's buffet time. So this is her second time at the well. 
What else is she going to complain about now that she's no longer under contract? Who knows? Who cares? Move on, Bryce. We are. From NBC News, Human Rights Campaign, largest U.S. LGBTQ advocacy group or professional gay organization, names new president. Kelly Robinson, the former executive director of the Planned Parenthood Action Fund, so an abortion fanatic, will be the first black queer woman to lead HRC. And here is her statement. Kelly Robinson, her statement. We, particularly our trans and BIPOC communities, are quite literally in the fight for our lives and facing unprecedented threats that seek to destroy us. The overturning of Roe v. Wade reminds us we are just one Supreme Court decision away from losing fundamental freedoms including the freedom to marry, voting rights, and privacy. Well, there is definitely still a queen on that payroll with a statement like that. Gay disaster porn kind of statement like that. The head of the human rights campaign bringing up transgender rights, race, and abortion. I was right. I have been saying it for a long time, and this just proves it. Sexual orientation, get to the back of the bus. LGBTQ plus rights, it's all about gender identity, and with this one, race and abortion in a gay rights organization. You can't make that kind of dumb up. Her being queer, though, and I read this story, folks. I read every last word of it. Nothing about her being a lesbian. And I don't know any lesbian who would refer to herself as queer. White boy Malcolm X, you know lesbians. Any lesbian you know, although we do know pretty much the same lesbians, but any lesbians you know, that I might not know, any of them call themselves queer. No, that's what I thought. Maybe they're out there. I just don't know any. White boy Malcolm X doesn't know any. Maybe, maybe she's not a lesbian at all. This is a new day in professional gay organizations. Maybe, If she's queer, maybe HRC is now being run by a heterosexual with a personality disorder. Maybe she's that kind of queer. Because we know a lot of queer folks, they're not gay, they're not a lesbian, they're not even a part-time gay or lesbian, a bisexual. They're They're just a heterosexual with a personality disorder runs around calling themselves queer because they want to seem oh so edgy and cool. Which they're not. But they get really, 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 really butthurt if you point that out. Have I told you the story, White Boy Malcolm X? 
Did I tell you about the time I actually gave money to the human rights campaign? I did not. I forgot how much I gave them. But but we were living, my ex and I, yes, the crystal meth addict. We were living in LA. We had our fancy house. I'll humble brag just a little. We had our fancy house in Hancock Park. I'm home. I'm hanging out. I heard the doorbell. So, of course, I went and answered the door. So I opened up the door, and guess what was standing in front of me? And that's rhetorical, sir. So just sit there and look pretty, if you can. Some cute little Twinkie was there. And I have to say, that boy, I'm sure he was like early, mid-20s. Folks, when I say boy, I am not a horny high school teacher. I mean someone in their 20s. But he was a cute boy. And I don't know what came over me, folks. But he looked at me, all cute and stuff. He had these little puppy dog eyes. And he was like, would you like to donate to HRC? Normally, well now, I don't care who they send to my front door. Someone standing there asked me if I want to donate to HRC. Uh, no. Hell no. And I'll slam the door in their face. But back then, I was still on the naive side of professional gay organizations and how they were run, how they're still run. I hadn't had my epiphany yet. The one I had at the Trevor Project fundraiser. So I was trying to be a good gay. And I thought, okay, I'll give this little Twinkie money. So I was like, hold on, let me get my checkbook. So I wrote the human rights campaign, a check. I have given money to them. Now, it's been a while, but I still gave them some Benjamins. Although, one and done. Not one more Benjamin to the professional gay class. Especially if they're going to go hysterical woke like I suspect they are. And for our last story, folks, because it's white boy Malcolm X's Birthday extravaganza. Our last story is from the smoking gun. Cops. Family brawled over Chinese takeout. Victim was choked, punched after eating his father's dinner. It may have been a beef with broccoli. A domestic dispute over takeout Chinese food ended with criminal charges being filed against a Florida man of course, and his daughter, both of whom are accused of battering a third family member. Investigators say that a melee broke out Friday evening at a residence in Wildwood, a central Florida city adjacent to the village's retirement community. The home is occupied by Bruce Schnell, 51. That's a nightmare to say. His wife, his poor beleaguered wife, daughter Atlantis. Yes, folks, they named their daughter Atlantis. And his son, who cops identified as the battery victim. 
As detailed in a Wildwood Police Department arrest report, those poor beleaguered popo in Wildwood, the Schnell family had ordered Chinese food, but the takeout containers were not labeled, which upset Schnell since he did not know which container of food was his. I guess opening the damn thing up, taking a peek inside, that never crossed his mind. Schnell's son, police reported, said that he argued with his father and sister over the Chinese food due to the fact that the victim had eaten his father's food unknowingly. The dispute turned violent, the victim said, when his sister began punching him in the face. Schnell then allegedly joined the fracas, putting his son in a chokehold. Schnell's wife told cops she was in her bedroom when she heard crashing and yelling in the kitchen area. When she entered the kitchen, the woman recalled, she saw Atlantis, 25, pummeling the victim who was being choked by Schnell. The battering, the woman added, ended only after she called 911 for help. The victim had visible red marks on the front side of his neck and fresh bruising redness on his left eye, noted police, who added that neither defendant appeared to have any marks or bruises from this incident. Both Schnell and Atlantis were arrested for misdemeanor battery, of course, Schnell was also charged with domestic battery by strangulation, a felony. Another weird felony in Florida. Each defendant bonded out of the Sumter County Jail early Sunday morning. So, white boy Malcolm X, I have to say, right off the bat, that I find this, for the most part, a relatively straightforward story. Typical Florida, Friday night, family gets into fisticuffs over something stupid. So again, a relatively straightforward story. But, having said that, and since it's your birthday, there are some oddities here. For example, the victim ate the father's meal unknowingly. That does seem rather odd. And there's a felony charge in here, which we all know, folks, for Florida. That's damn peculiar. Unless, as we learned last week, unless you're a horny high school teacher twerking a teenage boy and you're both fully clothed, that's a felony in Florida. But most other mayhem in Florida... That's a misdemeanor. So there are just a couple of weird things in this story. So, for your birthday, I think it's time, and since we also have new listeners to the podcast, and we haven't done one of these in months now, I think, sir, this story is worthy of a reenactment. A reimagining, if you will, of what went down that fateful night in Wildwood, Florida. So picture it, folks. It's your typical Friday night in Wildwood, Florida. And Wildwood, 
For those of you who don't know, that's in Central Florida, right next to the STD capital of old folks everywhere, the Villages Retirement Community. If you want herpes, you want the clap, you want syphilis, get your ass to the Villages. They got all of that and more. Those horny old folks, they got what you want. So our story begins in the home of Bruce Snell. His wife, we don't know her name, but we'll call her Betty. So it's Bruce and Betty. They have a daughter, Atlantis, and they also have a son. We don't know his name either, but if the daughter's named Atlantis, we're going to name him, for the sake of our reimagining, Pluto. So Bruce and Betty, Atlantis and Pluto. So picture it, folks. Early evening, and you've got Bruce and Atlantis and Pluto, and they're all sitting around. And what do people in Florida do when they're sitting around? They're enjoying a deliciously chilled glass of white Zinfandel, two ice cubes, and they're doing that in the living room. Betty, she's not there. She's in the bedroom making herself happy. Bruce doesn't do that for. You folks know what I mean. And Bruce, Atlantis, and Pluto, they've got Wheel of Fortune on. That's hard enough for them to figure out. Jeopardy is for snobs anyway. Pluto's watching it anyway. He just likes to see Vanna White. But Bruce and Atlantis, they're in the middle of debating, like all Floridians do, on whether Tom Brady's ass, whether it looks better in a Tampa Bay uniform or a New England Patriots uniform. And so Bruce and Atlantis are debating this. Pluto's watching Wheel of Fortune, and the three of them get hungry. And they decide, they vote, on ordering Chinese food. Now, I know that's cultural appropriation, but we're not going to go there right now. So Bruce, he gets his usual Kung Pao chicken. Pluto goes and asks Betty. She moans through the door. She wants the sesame chicken. Atlantis, she gets the Mapo tofu. She thinks with a name like Atlantis, she has to be vegan. And Pluto, just to be different, he gets the Hunan shrimp. So the food comes. Bruce and Atlantis are still debating, which a Floridian will do. Endlessly debate whether Tom Brady's ass looks better in a Tampa Bay uniform or a New England Patriots uniform. So Pluto has to get the door. Doesn't bother with a tip. Who in Florida tips anyway? So he goes in the kitchen with the food. Bruce and Atlantis, they pause their debate, go and join him in the kitchen. They start refreshing their white Zinfandel. You can never have too much deliciously chilled white Zinfandel in Florida. So they're refreshing their glasses, refreshing the two ice cubes. And Pluto, he notices that the cartons, the Chinese food, none of them are labeled. And he happens to mention that. And Bruce, 
He starts to get upset. Well, how will we know? Not thinking. Just open them all up. Find yours. Eat it. But in the time that Bruce and Atlantis get their deliciously chilled white Zinfandel in the glass, get the two ice cubes in the glass, they turn to see Pluto polishing off an entire container of food. And so Atlantis, she goes over, starts going through the containers. She sees Betty sesame chicken. She sees her food, her mapo tofu, and she sees the Hunan shrimp. So she turns to Pluto with the empty container, Kung Pao chicken sauce running down his face, and she says to him, You ate daddy's Kung Pao chicken. Pluto's like, well, it wasn't labeled. Atlantis just looked at him. She took a really deep breath because she knew, folks, trying to argue logic with anyone from Florida, that was a total fool's errand. But she thought she'd try anyway. But Pluto, you ordered the Hunan shrimp. Well... It wasn't labeled. I ate it unknowingly. But Atlantis, she wasn't having any of that. How could you unknowingly eat Kung Pao chicken when you ordered Hunan shrimp? Well, it wasn't labeled. Atlantis, folks, she was furious by that point. She walked over to him and punched him in the face. Bam! That felt good. She did it again. Bam! Then Bruce decided to join in. That was his Kung Pao chicken. He hates his son anyway. That loser lives in their basement. And up a sex doll in the corner. Playing with himself, his Pokemon cards, his PlayStation. Masturbating to Marvel films. Masturbating to DC Comics. Masturbating to whatever the hell they're posting on Reddit this week. Freaking out their entire family. Freaking out all the neighbors. And he had had it. That little brat ate his Kung Pao chicken. So he went over there, got Pluto in a chokehold. And then he decided to egg Atlantis on. Keep it up, Atlantis. So of course, Atlantis, bam, popped him again. So Betty, who at the time was still taking care of business, she folks, She was dreaming, not about Tom Brady, but she was thinking about Mac Jones's ass in a New England Patriots uniform. She was into young gingers, like someone else we know, really into young gingers. But all of a sudden, while she's thinking about Mac Jones's ass, dreaming about holding on to that damn thing for dear life while he's going at it with her, All of a sudden, folks, she hears crashing and yelling in the kitchen. And unfortunately, with all that racket, Mac Jones's ass, that was clearly going to have to wait. So she thinks to herself, what are those blithering idiots doing now? This is what I get for letting them drink all that deliciously chilled white Zinfandel. Two ice cubes. So she gets out of bed goes to the kitchen, and there she sees it. There's Bruce, choke-holding Pluto, 
and Atlantis punching him in the face. Bam! Now, she loves her son. Betty does love Pluto. Now, he's dumb. He does a lot of weird crap in the basement, but he doesn't really deserve this. Husband couldn't please her if he tried, and her daughter, she was a slut and a bitch. So Betty's like, Eh, what are you doing to Pluto? Atlantis turns to her. He ate daddy's Kung Pao chicken. Of course, Pluto had to chime in. Well, it wasn't labeled. I ate it unknowingly. Atlantis, she was so tired of hearing that. Her dumb brother, like a, like a stupid broken record. So she punched him in the face again. Bam! Betty was like, Eh, you better stop doing that or I'm calling Popo. Atlantis rolled her eyes like she was ever going to listen to her mother. That woman was an idiot. First off, when she drank White Zinfandel, deliciously chilled White Zinfandel, that woman only put in one ice cube. Everyone knows that a good Floridian, they use two. And if that wasn't bad enough, her mother kept lying to her. She kept saying she didn't have a dog in the fight when it came to Tom Brady's ass in a Tampa Bay uniform versus a New England Patriots uniform. Besides, Atlanta saw her mother once on up a Sports Illustrated magazine at the local Winn-Dixie when it had Mac Jones on the cover. Her own mother was a creepy ginger lover. So she punched Pluto again. Bam! Eh, I'm calling Papa. You do that, Mama. Atlantis taunted her before she punched Pluto again. Bam! So Mama, she called 911. She called Popo. 911, what's your emergency? Eh, you gotta help. My loser husband and slutty daughter are attacking my son. Oh, heavens no. You gotta send Popo out here right now. Yes, ma'am. Do you know what they're fighting over? And that 911 operator, folks, this was not her first rodeo dealing with angry Floridians in fisticuffs. She was just girding herself for the answer. The usual answer for a domestic disturbance call in Florida. A couple of Floridians drunk off deliciously chilled white Zinfandel, two ice cubes, arguing, coming to blows, on Tom Brady's ass and where it looks best. Tampa Bay uniform or New England? She was old school, though. She liked Tom Brady's ass in New England. Oh, they're arguing over Chinese food. 911 operator, her ears perked up. Holy Jesus, that must be serious. Ma'am, I'm sending the SWAT team. So Popo go out there. Or beleaguer Popo at the Wildwood Police Department. They go out there. They bust up the fight. Arrest Bruce and Atlantis for misdemeanor battery. Which is kind of redundant in Florida. There's no such thing as felony battery in Florida. But they also charge Bruce with domestic battery by strangulation. Which is a kink in Miami Beach. Or down there in Key West. 
But in Wildwood, much like twerking a teenage boy, that's a felony. End of story. Did that do it, white boy Malcolm X? Did that clear things up for you, sir, on your special birthday reimagining of a smoking gun story? Mostly. That's all you ever say. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. So on that note, since I cannot top these idiot Floridians getting into fisticuffs over Chinese food, even if it's an insidious form of cultural appropriation for them to do so, since I cannot top that, it is time to plug pull this podcast. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us on this midweek edition of the Miller Frost Podcast. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined as always by my fake black friend and the birthday boy, white boy Malcolm X. Have a great rest of your week. A wonderful, relaxing, safe, whatever weekend. And we'll see you back here in a couple of days. In the meantime, take care.